0: Live with TBI longer, because I was 19 at the time, I'm living with TBI longer than I lived without it. People just make those efforts that hey small one TBI is just gonna be at a certain level of functioning and that's not true. There's a variety of degrees of functioning.
1: Welcome back to TBI, talking brain injury from Brain Injury Alliance Colorado. This is your host Phil Lindeman, a four-time recipient of brain injuries I don't even remember, plus a whole bunch I kinda do remember. Today I'm talking to Leanne Sanchez. She was thrown from a car in 1993. Since 1993, the science has changed. Treatment has changed. Even the way we talk about TBI has changed. But Leanne refused to let it change her path.
0: I was really determined not to become that person that I was told I was going to become. And I went back my first semester back, which I took a smaller load, but I had um, 4.0 GPA.
1: Today, she is a behavioral health professional working with youth and adults to help them look forward, not backward, and find their own path to success. Remember, our guests are here to share what has worked for them. Please consult your doctor for the treatment that's right for you. It's Phil Lindemann coming back to you with TBI, Talking Brain Injury, the Brain Injury Alliance Colorado podcast. And today I've got another new guest. I love meeting all these new folks. Introduce yourself.
0: Hi, my name is Leanne Sanchez, um, and I'm coming from Pueblo, Colorado.
1: You're another one of the folks that I, well, unfortunately haven't had the chance to meet in person yet, but got hooked up through BIAC. Just another great connection that that group has made across the state. Tell me, in Pueblo, what are you doing? What's your day job?
0: So my day job i'm a behavioral health clinical team lead what that means is i provide um counseling services for substance use and mental health as well as do some supervision for staff so that keeps me pretty busy Um, and i've been doing that for the last 24 years i've been in the behavioral health field so i'm kind of dating myself here
1: a long time in behavioral health which means i'm sure you've seen some changes it seems like in recent years Talk to me about, um, you know, the perception of, you know, mental and behavioral health in just kind of, uh, you know, society in general. Is it improving? Is it getting worse? Is it getting better?
0: When I first came on board, there was still a touch of stigma attached, and um, very few people would actually outreach, especially in these smaller communities. But over the years, there's been a lot more educational efforts that made people feel a bit more um, welcomed and not so then it doesn't have to be a negative connotation to it. So I've definitely seen it grow tremendously in my career and that's pretty exciting. And as well as just community support, you know, a lot of even celebrities will kind of promote, you know, mental health matters, which is, which is great.
1: It's kind of a getting away from the stigma of, you know, uh, you're weak. If you decide mm-hmm. that you need some help, that's just, well, is that, that's really not what you're seeing these days.
0: No, I'm not. I'm not seeing that at all. Which and and just recently, because the explosion of substance use and opiates in nationwide, that's an area I've also I'm also involved in. I've seen that also grow, and people, you know, seek out help with that with that issue because it's too overwhelming to try to do just alone. I mean, it, it's it's been it's been a lot.
1: It's almost like anything. I mean, it reminds me of, you know, being a TBI survivor too, that, you know, the community goes a long way to helping you heal up. It really does. Definitely. And
0: in that respect, even in my own career, I've seen the acceptance um, of TBI grow as well and more communication and and education efforts. Um, In the beginning, it was kind of just really... um, really stereotypical like you know i've heard we would staff clients and, and they would bring up oh this person has a history of tbi and there would be all these automatic judgments and ideas made on this person based on that and that used to upset me so i definitely feel like in my field i've advocated a lot just demonstrating that it's not necessarily you know this doom and gloom sentence for people who have tbi there's room for growth and change for sure
1: yeah, tell me some of those like automatic assumptions people were making about uh, TBI, you know, when you were like the, on the clinician side of things, what mm-hmm. were you hearing, you know?
0: Just um, that they, they had poor impulse control um, and that was just kind of ongoing and just really having um, not able to control their behaviors, just, you know, really manifested with a lot of other issues like high anxiety, um, even some psychosis. Um, There was just this doom and gloom outlook on people or clients with TBI. So when we would staff plans, there was little to no um, good prognosis with these clients. And that made me frustrated because given what I, you know, have been been able to achieve, thankfully, and really persevere, anything is possible. Um, And people just make those efforts that, hey, someone with TBI is just going to be at a certain level of functioning. And that's not true. There's a variety of degrees of functioning for survivors of TBI.
1: And I love hearing that because that is the absolute truth. Now, uh, Leanne, you got to tell us then, uh, your own history with TBI. Um, share your story as much or little.
0: Sure. My background, um, it's not, it's not the most proud moments of my life. Obviously I was a sophomore in undergrad school, you know, in a really small town area. And it was, um, finals week actually for me in December. And I was studying finals, but a lot of my peers and the group of friends that I, I would engage with were really um, heavy party partiers, I guess, so to speak. So um, just connect with them one night and we decided to hang out, which I was more focused on, you know, being um, being aware and being, you know, I didn't want to drink because I wanted to focus on my finals. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, got involved with some, some kids and um, we decided... Those who were drinking, I involved, I got myself in a vehicle with them. And we wrecked pretty, pretty severely, unfortunately. And one of the other passengers who was my friend, died as a result. Um, I had a significant amount of injuries. I was a pretty small um, person at the time. So I, I was thrown from the car, we're not wearing a seatbelt. This was back in 1993. Um, I suffered back then. It wasn't called a TBI, it was called a closed head injury. So I actually had, um, suffered a skull fracture and which of course damaged my, the frontal part of my brain. I also, um, crushed my pelvis, crushed my right hand. Um, so I had a lot of rehabilitative services and therapy following that, um, had to take some time from school off, but it was just all brand new to, brand new to me. And just even the, um, the stigma I faced in my own recovery, where people were assuming that you know, I couldn't see no more. Oh, backing up, my TB actually ended up affecting my um, my vision. I have what's called ocular motor palsy,
1: mm-hmm.
0: my right eye, which affects the nerve movement. So I have a very significant slow eye as a result, and it's also chronically dilated. So I have a black eye and a green eye, <laughs> so to speak. So people just made those assumptions that. I was not going, I was kind of, you know, just not going to do very much. Um, I have had a history up until then of being an honor student. So when I decided to go back to school, back to college, I was really determined not to become that person that I was told I was going to become. So I worked really, really hard, was very, very stubborn, which obviously helped me and i went back my first semester back which i took a smaller load but i had um 4.0 gpa
1: wow so getting right back to it know yeah that
0: um anything's possible
1: that is such an inspiring story too obviously tragic situation and like you said uh one of the people you were with in the car killed instantly mhm um i've actually recently talked with another uh survivor of a motor vehicle accident who um we talked a little bit about you know kind of how it is, you know, not only your personal recovery, but the recovery with those friends. Did you stay in touch right. with that friend group? Was it people that you,
0: um, it was a little bit unique in, in my situation because it was a, a, a um, alcohol related accident. There were some legalities attached to that. Mm. And I, and I just, I don't want to get too much into that, but it was, it was a rough year for sure of recovery. Um, I did stay in really close contact with one of the survivors of the accident, and we eventually dated and got married. But there was a whole other. um, There's there's some other pieces to that. But yeah, it was being in being in a small town, too. I mean, it's a very, very there's not even a a stoplight in the town. I was from It's a very rural um, agricultural town. I mean, we we grow potatoes and, and produce. So, with that being said, everybody knew, and everybody was talking about it, and that really made it hard for me to even just be comfortable to go out and be in, in the community for a while. Um, so that made me even more determined to, to to prove not only to them, but to myself first and foremost, that I that I was I was going to be okay, and I was going to survive and get past all the negative aspects of it all. Um, and I did. Um, I. Furthered my education and uh, all the way up into I have my doctorate in counseling psychology that I completed several years ago. So I'm just continuing to try to persevere and also inspire those who feel like they they don't have nowhere to grow when they're when they're facing with this this issue. And I don't want to deny anyone's hardship with it because obviously there's some people who you know can't can't perform or function accordingly. Mm-hmm. Which I've had my own struggles. Um, I suffer serious, significant migraines on an ongoing basis because of my injury. Um, and now that I'm getting older, all the bones and that I broke and that crushed are starting to affect me as well in my mobility. So I definitely get, you know, the impact that it has, and I don't want to minimize that piece as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But I, I think you used a word that a lot of TBI survivors have used to describe themselves stubborn. (laughs) that you, you were, you were not going to let this, yeah, you weren't going to let this derail your life. You know, lots of people would look at that and say like, Oh my, you were thrown from a vehicle. Like you you had a serious, serious accident. How could it not derail your life? Well, your answer to that was, I can't let it, it's not Mm going to happen.
0: No. And I think that's, that's, that was my focus. I mean, I had a very supportive, of course, my family, very supportive, but also limited understanding as well. And even to this day, there was just, um, when I try to, those who I'm close to, I try to describe, hey, my experience, it's kind of like, you know, they don't recognize that part of me because I work so hard to, to, I guess, push away from it, but it's still there. And I think that that's that's that hard dichotomy, like, hey, I'm, I'm here and function, I do really well, but at the other hand, I still have these, these issues. Um, so it, it kind of makes it a little bit, it's hard to navigate in some respect, but sometimes.
1: Yeah, that's the truth. Well, and I'm very curious about how you've learned, you know, your lived experience and brought that into your career as, uh, as a counselor, how does, you know, what you went through, um, as a teenager kind of influence, well, how you're helping folks of all ages now.
0: I really, um, it's, uh, that's also a tough, uh, it can be a challenge because it's, it can't always be about me, but I can also provide a lot of empathy and understanding. As well, just general education. I did a lot of work with adolescents early in my career, and that was a frustrating part because a lot of adolescents will do these, you know, reckless things and feel that like they're invincible. Like, oh, that happened to you. That's not going to happen to me. And to really try to get the message across to, you know, to to be safe, to be aware, you know, to really self-preserve themselves in situations so they don't have so none of this, you know, continues to repeat itself. Um, but yeah, just being an advocate, I, I worked with several clients that that have had TBI and I, I really try to work away at how my experience can be helpful. Not necessarily, you know, that I just need to you know, disclose everything all the time, but you know, just that understanding Hey, I, I can understand what it feels like because I've, I've been there to some degree.
1: Okay. Now you said you grew up in a small town down around the Pueblo area in Colorado or um, elsewhere? Southern
0: Colorado. My My hometown is called center Colorado. It's, it's near the Alamosa area.
1: Okay. Got it. Got it. So yeah, like, like you said, it's especially, well, it can feel especially difficult in small towns. You know, I grew up, I grew up in the suburbs, so not exactly small town, like, you know, smallish community. I knew the people, the neighbors that were around me, but um, definitely not right. a small town. Uh, and then for the past, you know, going on almost 14 years now, I've lived up in the mountains, you know, between um, well, resort towns like Vale and Breckenridge and all mm. that. Okay. And so yeah. it's, it's a new twist on small town too, where, you know, the year round population here is it's not very big. It's like 30,000 people in summit County. Um, so it's not huge. And then, you know, Frisco where I live is like, I think 5,000 people. So Mm -hmm. it's got that small town feel, but at the same time being attached to a ski resort, it just, it's totally different from what you would think of as small town. Um, and some of the issues that we get into, though, are those classic small town issues. Uh, substance abuse is pretty high up here, um, you know, and lots of transient uh, workers, you know, people who come to work one year at the ski resort and then stick around for a bit, but they can't find, you know, they can't find their feet or can't find their housing or they get caught up with, you know, wrong group of people or whatever. It's um, yes. it's a very interesting community up here in the Rockies where you've got, um, you know, you're surrounded all the time, right? Like most of us in Colorado by beauty and all these fun activities. But, uh, Mm -hmm. um, sometimes, you know, that doesn't tell the whole story of what people are actually going through and mental and behavioral health are another one of those big, uh, priorities up here. Definitely.
0: Yeah. Yes. And the lack of resources. So very siloed. Um, so because I was, you know, going to college and education, I made that an opportunity to educate myself more on TBI. And I've done that ongoing for the, for all these years, you know, I actually, in one of my classes, I did a whole paper on um, brain injuries and and because it was for a psychosocial class that was his neural, neuro, neurology, neuroscience, neuropsych, or neuropsychology, or something like that. But I did a whole paper and just what I discovered and found out. And that's how I keep growing. You know, one day is there a cure. One day is there, you know, what other treatments are out there. So just really working towards that to to be able to offer that to others because um, it's just, it's not really put out there, unfortunately.
1: Um, Yeah, that's the truth. I was going to say awareness and community go a long way, but so does, you know, personal education, taking that initiative to, well, kind of find out a little bit more about what you're living through at the same time. I think a lot of TBI survivors have done that same thing. You know, I think of folks that I've talked to that have like, you know, migraine support groups now because they've done so Mm -hmm. much research about migraine and how to, you know, uh, lessen the impacts of migraine that they want to share that info with Mm -hmm. everybody else.
0: Most definitely. Yeah.
1: Um, now, like you, we were talking a little bit earlier about, uh, you know, kind of the changes to behavioral and mental health, how uh, things have been improving and people are more willing to go out and get support, um, in your years of watching, you know, TBI support and, uh, well, just understanding of TBI. What else, what have you seen in that world? Um,
0: Um, unfortunately, again, it's been very limited, limited until the last few years. Mm -hmm. Um, that's why when I, I'm always looking for research and I came across the, the brain injury Alliance, which I'm like, oh, this is fantastic. So I think in the recent years, it's becoming more and more available and out there, but in the past, there's been really nothing. I mean, I hadn't met anyone else until, unless they were my clients. Um, that had a TBI, so that, that was really discouraging to, to have. So now that I'm actually, you know, providing some, some peer support and talking with others, I'm actually learning a lot more about impact and um, and um, just even just support, like, hey, I understand what that's like. So it's been really helpful. Um, and I also noticed in the last decade or so, you know, just because of what a lot of the war veterans are coming back and have, have that presence, that's also made a huge, um, segue into providing more treatment and education and outreach for sure.
1: Yeah. The, yeah. There's just so many sides of it. Cause you know, we think of, you know, you know, folks like yourself, motor vehicle accidents or people with sports injuries, you know, young kids with sports injury, but also, yeah, like you said, the, the war veterans, um, dealing with such a wide range of, I guess, symptoms, not only from TBI, but just everything else that they've dealt with. Oh, you the know. trauma. From, yeah. And
0: I think ETBN itself can, is a traumatic element because, you know, they're just, they depending on everyone's experience. I mean, it's not something that they like, you know, they're, they were equipped to endure, but looking back, it, it can be very traumatic in that respect, like, Hey, you know, however they suffered their injury, that was, that's very traumatic and hard.
1: Down in Pueblo area, is there a large war veteran community? Outreach support for folks that are war veterans?
0: So we do have a VA clinic, but I'm not familiar with what its um, work is with, with TBI necessarily. And I'm aware of we have a TBI peer support group ran by a really great woman. So I know there's there's some resources, but I just don't think it's it's readily out there. So I try to make it known as best I can. Um, I don't think a lot of people are given that information when, when it comes to, it, I mean, when it happens, it's just, you have to kind of seek it out on your own, which is unfortunate.
1: Yeah, definitely. Cause I think that's just the easiest way for people to miss out on the support that they need is when, you know, sometimes just simply finding it can be the biggest barrier. Um, once you found it, it, it might be easy to actually, um, embrace the support, but just mm-hmm. finding it going out there. You know, it's again like I said, some one of those things with you know, kind of small mountain counties. um, You know, sure we've got ski resorts and all these other big things going on around us, but one big gap um, has been VA support that I know of in Summit County, Eagle County. Um, It's just there are quite a few veterans who move up here because you know, folks. maybe they want to, you know, I don't know, slow things down a little bit. Mm-hmm. That, that seems to be one of the constant, uh, refrains for folks that come to live in the mountains. They just want to slow things down a little yeah. bit, um, live yeah, life that, a little a quieter. Great place
0: to do so. Yeah. So I, I agree. Um, I think in any rural area, you know, small mountain town, small area, I think rural areas are, are gonna, can be impacted the most just all across the board with all resources. Um, I've known friends who lived farther who had smaller towns than me, and they had to drive like 30 miles one way just to go grocery shopping, you know. So I just think just basic basic needs um, it can sometimes be challenging to be met if there's no resources. So when we get into these more medical needs, yeah, you have to go, you know, hours away to, to seek a specialist or to get more assessment to, to understand more of what, what, you're, what you're dealing with.
1: Definitely. How about the world of telehealth? Because I know there's also been some Uh changes for that, too. Has that impacted your work that you're doing?
0: Most definitely. And actually, it's been it's been helpful because not only does it help whenever we're not able to be in the office like we were when the pandemic hit, but also for those who are in rural areas. We've definitely done a ton of outreach now and can connect and offer services through telehealth for people who. Who don't have that luxury and availability to, to travel an hour and a half for an appointment. So that's been even helpful. I think more people are able and have been able to seek out services. So that that's that's an awesome, it's been awesome.
1: And I've heard that same thing from some friends of mine who are also uh, behavioral counselors as well as people who are taking advantage of those services that mm-hmm. finally I've got a way to do it. Because... Yeah. A lot of folks I know they work two, three jobs and they're like, I can't make a three hour drive one way to go see my counselor once a week. It's just, you know, that's a full-time job right there. That's an Mm -hmm. entire day of work that I'm losing. Um,
0: Yes, for sure. So it's definitely opened some doors for sure. Um, So, yeah, I I think I I expect that to continue to grow where a lot of um, agencies are actually just promoting, you know, working from home and and doing services telehealth, which is, you know, you can, well, depending on licensure, but you can be in Colorado and provide services in Florida. Just, you know, there's, there's more avenues of, of that happening.
1: Great. Good to hear it. Yeah. It's, 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 I think inspiring and also just, um, it's kind of cool that some of these things have evolved, you know, as much as we say, man, we've got to combat these issues. Well, they are being combated. There are some people, you know, taking the steps to, to help, well, mm-hmm. help get help where it needs to be.
0: Right.
1: Definitely. Um, well, Leanne, I wanted to bring it back to, um, uh, again, kind of the uh, the changes over time, because um, mm-hmm. 1993, um, that was 30 years ago. <laughs> yes.
0: No, I know. I, I, came, I was coming up on my 30th anniversary. Wow. I'm like, wow, I've lived with TBI longer because I was 19 at the time. I'm living with TBI longer than I lived without it. So that's kind of amazing to to. To believe.
1: And, to and that was my question for you was, um, you know, if you can reflect on, uh, you know, Leanne of 1993, you know, maybe even immediately after that accident and you today, um, what are some of the, the things that you did right to set yourself up for success now?
0: I just never stopped asking questions or are discovering new information or avenues. Um, I wasn't just going to say, hey, you know, just sit there and say, hey, this is what you've got, you know, deal with it. I was just like, no, I'm not. I I had dreams that I still wanted to fulfill. I had ideas um, that I wasn't just going to let die or go away just because I had, you know, something that was like a temporary, to me, it was a temporary, you know, rerouting for myself, and a temporary setback. Um, so I just think perseverance and not giving up helped me to some respect, but I also think um, I had to be careful because to a certain degree it also um, does not advocate for myself very well because I think people just expected like hey you're you're normal you're fine but I think now looking back that understanding needed to be there to give more support and understanding because it wasn't there. It was just here I was I'm back to where I was so that expectation was always there then and sometimes I couldn't meet it. And that was kind of like a, a downfall for me, if yeah. that makes sense.
1: Yeah, it definitely does. Because I think that's the flip side of being, well, being stubborn and still committed to your goals is right. that, you know, s- suddenly people will think, well, like, oh, so it wasn't that bad.
0: Right. There you go. The, the severity wasn't, wasn't um, that impactful when in reality it really was. And yeah. it, it's still long-term, you know, and then during it for the last 30 years.
1: And would you say that you've learned to live with it or that you wouldn't know any different at this point? I, I, I guess that's the hardest part about,
0: you know, that's a, that's an interesting reflection to, to consider. I don't, I don't know. I'm just, but you know, I do have my days where I I will do, I will play victim and do the little pity party like, you know, why this, this has been hard. Um, which, you know, sometimes you just have to embrace those feelings and, and, work, and I guess it's working towards acceptance, so to speak, um, which helps me a lot, especially in relationships with others. It's if I have that acceptance of myself, then then they have no choice but to accept me as well. So hmm. um, that's kind of been my, my philosophy. It's worked yeah. for me so far.
1: Yeah. No, I, I like that approach a lot because that's another question I have for folks all the time is, you know, how do you, um, uh, how do you have that conversation? It's almost like the TBI coming out conversation, the, Hey, you know, this is, this is what I deal with on the day to day. Um, I, it might not seem like it, it might not re- look like it, but man, sometimes, you know, just simply, uh, you know, s- looking at a screen or reading a book or holding a conversation is more difficult than I ever think it should be, or that it ever was before. Um,
0: right. Right. It's been, you know, the unknown, The so- you can't see TBI. Yeah. You, know, you just, um, My case is a little bit more unique because of my eye injury. There's no question but to know, like, hey, what happened? Um, So there's that conversation I was always, you know, put in that I always, I had to own it. I had to accept it because I couldn't hide from it. So that, but then when they get to know me and talk with me, they figure out, oh yeah, you're just like everyone else. So.
1: Yeah, I think, and I think that's the trick, or at least that's been the trick that I've found is that, you know, well. Like you said, too, if you just accept yourself, other people have no option than to accept you, too. And there's so much more to uh, anybody than an injury they have or something that they've been through, you know, once. Um, It's like I remember, oh... Uh, you know, I've always worked in media up in the mountains. So when I first moved up here, I worked for local newspapers and magazines and stuff like that. And, um, I was actually working at one when I had my first most serious brain injury, when I crashed into a tree, snowboarding, broke a leg, oh. yeah, broke a leg, broken arm, bashed my head, you know, spent mm-hmm. a couple of days in the hospital. Um, And I I ended up writing a series about TBI and TBI recovery. Mm -hmm. And you know, kind of what I was going through, because I know that there was other folks out there that have done similar things, you know, crashed on skis or a board or whatever, and had to come back from it. Um, Mm -hmm. So I wrote a series in the local newspaper. And I'll always remember there was a, a lady one time stopped me at an event somewhere. And she was like, Hey, you did all those articles about TBI. She was like, I wouldn't even know. She was like, it's like nothing ever happened to you. And it it was a compliment. Definitely. I took it as a compliment at the time and I still see it as a compliment. Whereas, you know, Oh, maybe at my low points, I saw it as like, well, shoot, I guess, I guess it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. You know, I started questioning Mm -hmm. how bad the actual accident was because Uh this person that didn't know me, was like, Oh, I couldn't tell any different. Um, and so these days I've, I've gotten over that, um, but yeah, for, for a couple you know, two or three years right after the accident, I thought to myself like, wow, maybe this wasn't really as bad as it seemed at the time. Um,
0: yeah, it makes it hard. I mean, when I, I struggle for in the beginning, I, I figured out what it was called aphasia. Um, just really learning how to articulate what I was thinking and, and wanting to say and express myself that was in the beginning. So when I went back to school, I remember having presentations that I had to do in front of everyone they used to scare me because I, with the anxiety provoked of just doing presentations in general, but sometimes just feeling like I was at a loss for words. Um, pe- people don't understand that. Like I I know people say, oh, that's stage fright or whatever, but it was on a different level. Like in my mind, I had everything. I understood my mind, but I couldn't articulate myself. And that was so frustrating. And I will still struggle from time to time. Like I will just have like like a glazed over, I guess, like brain fart, so to speak, where I, I can't think or yeah. communicate. So I've just learned to try to um, accommodate as best I can throughout the years to make sure that that doesn't, you know, impact me as much. But there's little things like that that people don't understand um, yeah. You, yeah, you endure or you, you're faced with.
1: And that's exactly what I've encountered too. The, the 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 best metaphor that I've come up for it with is, um, you know, sometimes uh, the brain feels like a, a filing cabinet that was um, organized mm-hmm. by somebody who didn't know the alphabet. You know, it's yeah. like, I know the information's there and I know I'll find it eventually, but, you know, A's are with the C's and C's are with the Z's. And yeah, it's just, um. Great.
0: I love that analogy. That, that's exactly how it feels.
1: Yeah. Uh, and, and so, you know, that's what I've actually explained to people, not everybody I encounter, but you know, the people that, um, you know, maybe need that, just that, mm-hmm. that explanation of, all right. So here's why it's taken me just a second longer, a tick longer to, you know, uh, well, <laughs> interact with you the way that I want to. Yes. Um, do you have any other advice, you know, either from your own personal life or maybe even as a clinician um, for folks that are dealing with, you know, the early stages of this stuff? Cause I feel like, you know, as decades go on, we all settle into, well, the new normal, the comfort mm-hmm. of, you know, what we've had. How mm-hmm. about folks that are in those first, you know, uh, months after or maybe even weeks after.
0: I would just encourage anyone to whatever questions, ideas you have, let them be known. Tell somebody, talk to somebody, find out, find avenues, because that's how that's how you 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 find out and how to manage and mitigate things. If, if people kind of just don't know, they really stay quiet, or some of those you know take the more timid approach, um, then that's where assumptions are made, or you know you just kind of settle in like oh you know this is this is where I'm at. And no, to grow, I would encourage people to ask those questions and share those thoughts so they can get a better understanding for themselves.
1: Absolutely. All about growth and finding ways to, like you say, um, just be, um, comfortable with yourself and, mm-hmm. and other people, especially those that love you. And you mentioned that you had a strong support system, good support from family, uh, mm-hmm. at the time of your injury and, and through the year since.
0: Yes, for sure.
1: Yeah, and, and I believe that that also goes a long way. And I know a lot of folks don't have that, and so my I definitely try to empathize with them and have you know mm-hmm. my heart goes out to folks that just don't have that. Um, well, that safety net to to hold you up when you're feeling at your lowest.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's why I'm I'm so encouraged that there's more there's been some peer support groups and opportunities developed because I think that's that's that can be critical.
1: Absolutely. Uh, are you mentoring through BIAC? Or are you doing I the am. peer mentorship? I am. Great. Mm -hmm. How have you been enjoying that?
0: Uh, It's a great experience. Like I said, I'm I'm learning more just by talking to someone who's been through it as well. Um, Rather than just seeing the whole academic approach, this is the more personal, live, humanistic approach.
1: It it really is just so inspiring to me when I talk to uh, any of the mentees that I've had um, that, man, open books, this, this community that we're part of people like they they do want to share what they've been through in every experience totally different, even though it's under the blanket of TBI, all just totally different from the approach after injury to, you know, uh, the ways that um, they've navigated it, uh, you know, over the years or even, you know, Mm -hmm. decades post-injury. Exactly, yeah. Great. Well, Leanne, I think that was about all that I had for you. Can you, um, anything else that you can think of about your journey over the years? Like you said, that is wild to think that you've been, with it longer than you've been without it at this point right right,
0: no and that's why it's it's an ever-growing process and you grow from it every day so i think for those who say you know you'll find your 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 status quo so to speak your baseline after the first couple years i'm going to just say no continue to research continue to talk continue to ask questions you can never stop growing from this and make and achieving those dreams and aspirations you've had all along
1: you don't have to be satisfied with the status quo.
0: No, no. But I also want to also point out that for those who do have significant, you know, injury, that if they have to also accept a new baseline, so to speak, so they don't, you know, go into that, that, that negative outlook on things.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: So It's a mixture of everything. It just, you know, I don't want to, for me, it was just, I always continue to grow and I think I'll grow till, till it's done for me. But for some, I understand there's there's significant limitations. I guess I was blessed that I don't. I have my own limitations. I guess we all have our different limitations, and just really trying to work with them as best we can. Yeah, if
1: that makes sense. Definitely, I think it's a matter of you know how those limitations um, manifest. How, right, because how I know I'll up. never be
0: a sharpshooter <laughs> <laughs> or do anything that contains vision stuff. I, no matter how hard I try, there's no way around that. So I guess you know, be inspired to grow, but also be, you know, to, for self-preservation, be able to accept what what you do, what you can't do.
1: Great words of advice. Leanne, thank you so much for making time to talk today. And thank you for the work that you're doing down there in Pueblo. Um, you know, Biak is just so much stronger and greater because of all the folks that help out.
0: Thank you. Thank you for having me as well. It's been a great opportunity. I appreciate it.
1: Of course. Well, thanks for sharing your story. And of course, um, can't wait to see where you're going to keep on growing in the years to come. Leanne, hopefully get a chance to meet you next time I'm down in the Pueblo area. Sounds good. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Leanne.